0: fact we're going to be talking about relationships today because with God there are no shortcuts when it comes to a relationship with him as well as with others. Pastor Ben is going to be sharing with us the road of relationships and whether you're married, single, divorced, maybe even dating right now. We're going to learn what God says about this thing called relationships. So would you welcome up Pastor Ben as he comes and shares about relationships. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon, and good morning, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think guys, uh, for us guys, some of us, we can relate to that video. Uh, in fact, la- yesterday, uh, me and my wife, Katie, we actually I actually en- ended up doing that yesterday. Uh, true story. So my wife, Katie, is about four months pregnant, three months pregnant, I think around there, and... Uh, yeah, she already not good, right? Three or four months. <laughs> uh, but we're expecting another, another child. And so uh, we're getting ready to go out yesterday morning. And so uh, she puts on a shirt. Now, uh, because she's pregnant, the clothes that she used to wear, it's a little bit more snug in certain areas. And so she comes out and, she, and she's like, babe, look at my shirt. It's, look at it. And so I'm looking at it. And I tell her, now I'm like, okay, I know this trick. Okay, I'm not going to fall into it. So I told her, oh, it's okay, baby, you look beautiful. She's like, but it's, it's, you know, and I was like, but. So this is what I said, right? I said, I told myself, I know this. I'm not going to fall for this. And yet I still did it. So I went, I looked at her and went, but baby, it's because you're pregnant. Yeah. The eye she gave me was like. And then I realized, wait, I'm speaking on this today, uh, uh, babe. But at least, you know, I mean, it's cause, at least because it's because you're pregnant, digging myself a hole bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally, I told her, well, you know, babe, you know, it's okay, cause me, I'm pregnant twenty years, twenty years plus, you know, <laughs> it's not coming out anytime soon. So, uh, so we laughed about, it, we joked about. It. I'm so blessed to have an amazing wife that can laugh even when I say dumb stuff. <laughs> And some of us husbands, we're lucky too, right? We have wives that laugh with us, not at us, when we say dumb stuff. Uh, But like Pastor Sheldon said this morning, this morning we're going to talk about the road of relationships. And the reality is, God created everything with relationships in mind. I mean, He created us for relationships first with Him and then with others. Now, you might be here this morning, and as Pastor Sheldon said, you might be here, and maybe you're married or maybe you're searching for a relationship, or maybe you're dating, or maybe you're divorced, maybe you're separated, wherever you're at, the reality is when, we come, when it comes to relationships, there are no shortcuts to having a successful relationship with God and with others. And to tell you the truth, I can attest to this because me and my wife Katie, we did take a shortcut, and we paid a price for it. And if there's anything that you'll learn throughout these, this series is this. Anytime you take a shortcut, a price will have to be paid. See, believe it or not, when, when I was younger, at a very, uh, when I was graduated out of high school, uh, I heard the Lord say, now I kid you not, I'm not trying to be over spiritual or anything like that, but I knew Katie was the one for me. I knew she was. And I w- we wanted to have a relationship, but God said this awesome word. He said, "Wait." How many of you know that when God says wait, 100% of us, right? We wait, right? Yeah? No, we don't. <laughs> and so I was like, "Wait, God, wait." You're telling me to wait, but but here's this here's this uh this young girl, this young lady that uh I'm, I I want to have a relationship with. She likes me. I like her. It's awesome. Why can't we? Why can't we? And he's, and he, the whole time he's just telling me wait. Well. We didn't. We took a shortcut. We didn't wait. We ended up going out, and at the end of it, we, had to, we paid a price for it, both of us. And that price was, was, was a lot. It dealt with heartbreak. It dealt with uh, questions. But the awesome thing is that God, in his amazing love, when we actually come back in alignment with him, he'll bring us back to where he, what he promised us. You know, Katie's a very interesting, me me and Katie is a very interesting relationship because Katie's been my only girlfriend, she's been my only ex, and she's my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Normally don't hear about that, yeah? But believe it or not, had we not taken a shortcut, I honestly believe that she wouldn't have been my ex. She would have been straight up my girlfriend. We would have dated all the way till we got married. But when we take shortcuts, there is a price that will have to be paid. This morning, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at how do we have a relationship? How do, we, how, do we, how do we have a great relationship? See, we would love it. We would love it if every relationship were smooth sailing. But we all know that there's going to be bumps in the road when it comes to relationships. This morning, we're going to, look, we're going to learn that although relationships has its struggles... God has a way for us to be successful in it by applying these three relational principles. And the first one is this. We got to discover what relationships are designed for. See, relationships have purpose. They're not just something man created. It's something God created, and there's a reason for it. Genesis 2:18 the very first part it says this then the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone see you and i were not meant to live our lives apart from god and from others you and i were not meant to live our lives on our own we were meant to live our lives with each other in other words you're not you're not meant to be a solo act you're part of an ensemble you're destiny's child you're not Beyonce you're Jackson 5, not just Michael Jackson. Now, granted, God created us all as individuals, but He doesn't want us to just be individuals alone. He wants us to be together. God created us all different. Look to the person next to you. If that's your husband or wife, don't, you know, like, ooh. But don't do that anyway, in <laughs> fact. But we all, we're all created different. We're all created different, but yet God wants us to live our lives together. Think of it like this. Remember when you used to play with puzzles, right? Puzzles, you play with 100, 500, 1,000. But if you look at each and every puzzle is different. Each and every piece is, is different. Different shape, different image. But when you put them together, you see the bigger picture. And it's the same thing with relationships that God designed that for us. You and I are different, but when we come back, when we come together, we see the bigger picture that God created. Now, there are two different ships that God created for us. And this is very important because sometimes we blur the line and that's where we run into problems. See, there's two ships the first one is friendships, and the second one is romantic relationships. And there's a difference. The difference is, for example, hey, how you doing? Versus, how you doing? (laughs) Right? So this morning we're gonna look at the first one. We're gonna look at friendships. So you can write down that's the first ship we're gonna look at: is friendships. See, God created us to have to have friends for one simple reason, and it's to be our helper. See. In Genesis 2.18, it continues, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. See, friendships are all about helping each other in life and bringing out the best in each other. See, that's what friendships are all about. It's not about how many friends you have. It doesn't matter if your Instagram got 5,000 friends. Friendship is about bringing the best out of each other. Friends, friendship isn't about what can you do for me. Friendship is what can I do for you? What can I help you with? And I think sometimes we get, that, we get that twisted. We think, well, you're my friend. You're supposed to help me out. But it's the other way around. That's what good friends do. Good friends don't look at, oh, well, what can you do for me? Good friends are, hey, you know what? I see you're in need. I will help you out. You need breakfast, I'll buy you breakfast. You, you pay me back though later. No, they don't do that. Oh, actually, they do. But friendship is all about helping. In fact, it says it like this in Ecclesiastes. Two people are better off than one, for for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. You see, that's what friends are supposed to do. We're supposed to help each other bring out the best in each other. Now, there's something very interesting with friendships. See, not only does that happen, see, you got to be very careful of your friendships because the truth is this. You tend to become like those you choose to sit with. You tend to become, we tend to become like those we sit with. In other words, if you're sitting with great friends, more than likely, great things are going to come out of you. But if you're hanging out with Bad friends. Nothing good can come out of it. I'll put it this way. There's a certain restaurant some of you know. Some of you may work there. And when I walk into this restaurant and I order my sandwich, when I walk out, I end up leaving leaving smelling like the restaurant. Because it's all in your shirt. You go, oh, I smell like this. I smell like it. It's the same thing with friends. If you sit with bad friends, you're going to smell pilau, which is stink. And I don't know about you, but that's a very... See, for me, I learned this earlier in my walk with the Lord. Uh, I came to know Jesus Christ when I was a junior in high school, but I didn't exactly fully walk with him until later on. And so... After I graduated, I had a bunch of friends who I loved. My, I mean, I grew up as an, only, as an only child. So my friends were literally like my brothers and my sisters. Like, they're a family. And so we did everything together, and we also did bad stuff together. And you know that running joke of, you know, a good friend will bail you out of jail, but a great friend will be sitting right next to you in jail? Yeah, those are my friends. Those are the kinds of friends. That, that that's how close we were. I mean, we did a lot of stuff, but we also did bad stuff, like drinking and going to parties and uh, doing some other illegal stuff. But when I came to know Jesus and I, and I heard him say, hey, Ben, you're created for this. You're going to be created for, my king. You're created for my kingdom. You're going to be used to share uh, my love to the young people. I knew what he was actually saying. He was actually saying... Uh, Ben, you're going to have to let go. And to be honest with you, it was hard. It was hard. These are people that I grew up with. These are people that uh, I loved tremendously. But God was saying, if if you want to grow for me, you're going to have to let go of some people. Now, it was hard. But I will tell you the truth. Although I let go of those people... It wasn't a full-on, it was a, I need to grow in the Lord. Therefore, I, I'm sorry, I cannot hang out. I cannot go parties. I cannot do this. I'm doing this now. And although some had a hard time understanding, when I see them around town, I still tell them hi. And still, we still shake hands. But what God wanted to do in me needed for me to be removed from that. See, can I I be brave and bold and and challenge some of you? Because I I believe some of you in here this morning, God is saying there's some friendships or there's some relationships you need to let go of. Because if you don't, your life is going to get pilau. Your heart is going to get stink. I think for some of us, the Lord is saying, you, you need to stop leaning on leaves and branches, and you need to come back to your roots. See, some of us, we heard this illustration. I share this a lot of times with the youth. But a lot of us, we have friends in our lives, but we treat them differently. But some are supposed to be leaves. Some, are, some of our friends, they're leaves. They come into our lives for a season, and then when that season's over, they go. Some are branches. They're there, and, and, they're, and we, kinda, we can kind of lean on them somewhat. But if we lean on them a lot, what happens the branch snaps. But then there are a few friends that are our roots. And those people help us grow. See, the, the, ver- the one thing that we sometimes do is we get those people all mixed up. We got people who are supposed to be leaves as our roots. We got people as branches as our roots. And what happens is nothing can grow if our roots are bad. See, the Bible says it like this. The Bible says it in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. See, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. For some of us, God, wants, God is saying to you and I, hey, I want to grow in you, but I can't right now because your roots are bad. You, I want to be an influence into your life, but you got all this other influence and they're not influencing you into the life that I have for you. See, sometimes we think, well, God isn't God about relationships? Yes, he is, but also he's okay with you letting go of some if it means to have the life that he created for you. We got to be brave in that. Because if, we're, if, if not, it's a shortcut. And shortcuts... You pay a price. That's the first ship that God created. The second is this, romantic relationships. The romantic relationships, it, it has one thing that it's designed for, and that is marriage. In fact, in Genesis 2, uh, after, God, after God says this into Adam, says, I'm going to create a helper just for him, he actually... Brings all the animals and he, tells, he gives Adam the authority to name them and, and be with Adam. But, but the animals aren't enough. The, Adam, the animals are not uh, capable of being a helper for Adam. And so this is what takes place in Genesis 2, 21 to 24. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. See, for some, for some people, we think that, Oh, well, God created romantic relationships just for romance. That's not what he designed it for. In fact, if you go back to Genesis 1, when, Gen- when, he, when it sh- uh, shares all of God's creation as he's creating everything, there's these uh, several words that, that God says, five words, and it's to be fruitful and multiply. Now, some of us might know what that means, to be fruitful and multiply. But God created that for marriage. See, romantic relationships are designed to be fruitful and multiply within the boundaries of marriage. Mark ten 7, 9 says it like this. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. See... Some of you may be dating and in a relationship. But here's my question. What's the end goal? See, God didn't design, believe it or not, God didn't design just dating. He designed dating for something. The end goal being marriage. Uh, in our youth Many of our youth right now, you know, they're in high school, in the junior high, and they're starting to experiment, you know, and, and, and go out and have, you know, date and, and be boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and so one of them, I was talking to him, and, and I asked him this. I was, like, I was like, so do you love this person? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay. Then I asked him this. And so what's going to happen in the end? And they looked at me like, Huh? I was like, yeah, well, you're dating, right? And you're like, y- yeah. Okay, so, what's going to happen in the end? uh huh Okay, wait. So, wait. You're dating, though, right? Yeah. So, what's going to happen after you date? uh So, I just was blunt. I went, are you guys going to get married? I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then, and then this, is what, this is what I said. I said, remember, dating is supposed to lead to something, not I don't know. See, dating, romantic relationships, are designed for the end goal to be marriage. See, I, dealing with our youth, a lot of them, and I know it's not just youth. I know it's a lot of people. We get stuck into the dating Now, if you're dating, please know that's fine. But here's what I see too many times happening. We date, it doesn't work out. We break up, hearts get broken. Okay, then you go on to another date. You're dating now, new boyfriend, new girlfriend. Doesn't work out, break up, broken heart. That cycle repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats until the one that God created for you walks into their life. But you can't love them. You don't trust them. You can't have a relationship with them because you're so broken already from the past. That's why I'm so happy that Katie's my only ex. Because, man... I see the hurt. I see the pain happening in, in people's lives. All because they don't see the end goal. We got to see the bigger picture. If the, if the only picture you have is, oh, we just want to go out and go movies and do all these things, but not put a ring on it and not, and not understand what God designed marriage for or or, relationship, or romantic relationships for, then we're going to miss out. And instead of it being a shortcut, it's going to get cut short. See, relationships are are far more than feelings. Relationships are far more than, oh, well, we're dating now. It it has to have purpose. Understand, God created everything with purpose. And that includes romantic relationships. The second point is this. Because this is what's going to take after you or in a relationship. You gotta develop commitment, not just passion. You gotta co- develop commitment beyond passion. Now, understand, passion is great in a relationship, but you're gonna need something far more greater than passion. In fact, Proverbs sixteen thirty-three says it like this: "Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed." Notice how it says, "Commit your actions," not. Oh, be passionate about your actions. I mean, I'm passionate. Lord, I'm passionate about reading my Bible. That's great, but if you don't actually read your Bible, how are you going to know Him? It's not the same thing. My daughter, I love it. My daughter does this. So when Caitlin doesn't listen, I always tell her, Baby, you got to listen. And this is what she always says. She always says, I want to listen. I want to listen. And I go, baby, I want $100, but I don't know more $100, so you see the difference? And she's like, but I want to listen. I was like, okay, so you have to listen. And that's what we do. We, we, We want things. That's passion. But do we do that? Are we committed to it? You see, a lot of times, as we start a relationship, we will build our relationship on passion. And that's okay. I mean... When me and Katie started going out, it was passion. We loved going out. We were holding hands in the mall, you know. You go movies, you know. Uh, you, you do all the lovey-dovey. Ah! That's all passion. And that's how relationships tend to start. Now, please understand, passion is okay. But it cannot work alone. You see, because here's what happens. As time goes by, passion will start to fade away. How many know that? Passion will start to fade away. And then what happens is when passion starts to fade away, your eyes start to uh, see new things. Like, oh, you still lovey-dovey, but, man, the way you cough drives me crazy. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, I love you, but, oh, when you sneeze, I get deaf. (laughs) Or you sound like a mouse. Eee-oh. And then and then if, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, this is what happens. If we're not careful, we'll let passion build up in our relationship and take on the identity of a fake relationship. That's what happens. And then what happens when the passion runs out? What happens when you get all stressed? What happens? when the storms of life starts to affect your, mar- affect your relationship. If it's not built on commitment and it's built on passion, it's going to fall. I mean, that's, the, that's what happens. Think about it. Jesus said it in Luke 6, 46 to 49, when he's talking about building your life on solid rock. He said a fool will, bu- will take his home and build it on sand. But a wise man We'll build his home on solid foundation. If we don't build our relationships on a solid foundation, then what's going to stand after the, the winds and the waves come at us? I mean, me and Katie, we've been married for five years. That's not, that's not that much. I'm not going to lie. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I remember our honeymoon. And we are getting married and going, going to our honeymoon. We had our honeymoon in, in uh, Las Vegas, and we loved it. You know, you go to all the shows, you walk around, you spend money, and then you eat, spend money, eat, spend money, fucking eat because you did spend all your money. <laughs> but we loved it. I loved it. Everything we did together, you know, we went, We went. you know, did a lot of stuff together, and I just loved it. And we came home, it was nice because we had, a, you know, we had our apartment, and so uh, we lived together, and it was like, oh, you know, I love, I love you, honey, I love you too, uh, and then As some of us know, the honeymoon comes to an end, right? You come home, oh, honey, I love you. Why is there a dish in the sink? I love you, honey. Why is there clothes on the floor? I love you. I love you. I get to spend every day of my life with you. I love you. I get to spend every day of my life with you. I love you. i got to spend every minute of my life with you. And then the honeymoon's over. See, that's what happens sometimes. When we build our lives on, when you build our relationships on passion, when the passion starts to fade away, you're like, I married you. <laughs> I didn't do that with Katie. She may have done that with me. But that's what happens. And that's not good. That's not that's not how God intended it to be. You see. When 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 life gets hard, it's gonna take commitment, not passion. Romans five, three to four says this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now I love how it says, But well, we rejoice in our sufferings. The truth is in relationships we're gonna suffer sometimes. We're going to. We're going to go through hardships. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through problems. Your, your, your wife is going to drive you crazy. Your husband is going to drive you crazy. Great, you got two crazy people. They're committed. <laughs> but, but it's going to take commitment, not passion. I mean, Reverend Al Green said it best. Baby, let Let's stay together. Well, times are good or bad or happy or sad. I mean, he, he had them right. See, when, when things are good, passion is abundant. You ever notice that, right? When, when, when things are good in your relationship, oh, it's easy to be lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey. But whoa, when you endure storms, it takes commitment. See, commitment reminds you that your enemy is not your spouse. They're not the enemy. They're your teammate. Pastor Sheldon said it like this to me and Katie when we got married. He said, you guys are going to scrap. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. And then he said, but make sure when you scrap, you scrap together, not against each other. And every time that me and Katie, I mean, me and Katie, we argue. I mean, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. She's perfect. Make sure you tell her I said that, huh? (laughs) But we're going to have arguments. But if every time I argue and every time life gets hard and I say I quit, then it's not a relationship. See, it comes down to commitment. You can have passion all you want, but it has to be founded on on commitment first. Amen? It has to be commitment. I mean, passion will give you spurts. Commitment will go the distance. You know, there's a story in the Bible of a man who who shows this very well, and his name is Abraham. And Abraham, he he loves the Lord. He loves God. 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 He listens to God. Everything God asked him to do, he did, he did, he did. And then all of a sudden, God blesses him with a son, Isaac. And so he's more in love, more in love, more in love. And then all of a sudden God says, Abraham, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him. Now, if Abraham was a passionate man for God, he would have said, nope, uh uh-uh. Because I don't want that. I don't like that. That's too hard. But believe it or not, Abraham was so committed to God that he said, okay. And so he took his son. He put him on the altar. He was ready to sacrifice him. And what happens? God speaks to Abraham, and says, hey, stop. I see that you are committed to me. That your relationship with me isn't out of passion. It is commitment. And what happens to Abraham? Abraham is the one that actually births God's nation, Israel. He's the one that starts it all. See, Jesus himself even displayed commitment beyond passion. Because before the passion took place on the cross, the commitment came in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. It takes commitment to go beyond passion. Pastor Alex Michel, who was here last week, uh, he said this at our Legacy High School camp a couple weeks ago. He said, being on fire, because we all want to be on fire in our marriages, in our relationship with the Lord, everywhere. We want to be on fire. But he said this, being on fire isn't passion it's commitment. In our relationships it has to come down to commitment first. And the third thing is this. After we discover what relationships are all about and develop commitment, we got to define what real love is. 1 Corinthians 13:48 says this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, is, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, many of us, we might know this scripture. We, we hear it all the time. We See, we hear it at weddings. We see it in movies. And many of us may know this scripture, but here's the real thing. Do we use that, what the, what the Bible says, do we use that to define what real love is? Or do we instead try to fit into what the world calls love? See, where do we get our definition of love from? Do we get it from the word of God, the Bible? Or do we get it from the internet? Instagram, Snapchat, movies, TV shows, music, whatever else is out there. Where do we get our definition of love from? See, this is very important because when we, build our, when we start up our relationships, we'll try to build our relationships on something that feels like love rather than what love really is. See, we can get caught up in the feelings and the emotions and and that's okay. But we can also start to think and believe that this is what love is all about. See, there's something that, uh, that happens in relationships, and I see it, is that instead of taking what real love is, we'll settle for counterfeit love. See, the world... The world loves to counterfeit everything God created—faith, hope, and love. And so, what happens a lot of times is we see the definition of what God calls love, and we don't, we don't, we don't know how we, if we can do it. Maybe it's too hard, and so we'll settle for something else. A couple of Christmases ago, uh, we were at Katie's grandparents' house, Grandma's house, and and so Grandma decided to bless us with some finances. So I love Grandma; she just straight up gives us cash. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yes and so and so she gives all the grandkids uh, money and, and so here here comes katie's uncle and he's and he's rolling and he goes hey anybody want to trade me for one of these and he holds up a hundred dollar bill and i'm like hey grandma didn't give us that much so yeah so i'm like yeah Uncle, okay, i'll take them and say okay you gotta give me you gotta give me your loaf, your your first I'll I'll, I'll I'll trade you okay shoots so i give him the money And he gives me the $100 bill, And so I take it and I'm saying, yeah, I grab it. It's fake. (laughs) It's printed. It looks beautiful. It was nice and colorful and all that. But it was fake. So I did the next thing that anybody else would do. Uncle, I can get my money back. And then he said this. And it was very simple. But also very, very true. He said, interesting, huh? How we so easy to give up the real thing. For something fake. Just because it looks like the real thing doesn't mean it is. You know, to be honest, that was one of the best Christmas gifts I got. Because that's what happens in our lives sometimes. That's what happens in relationships. We're so willing, hey, it looks good. I mean, people on TV are doing it, movies, you know, you see it on Snapchat, everybody's all lovey dovey, oh, I want that. But is it real love or is it counterfeit? See, relationships won't work unless we put the real thing in. I mean, imagine this. I go to your car today, put water inside the gas tank? <laughs> Don't actually do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we all know what would happen. It wouldn't work. And then what would happen? What would happen after that? Not only would it work, you'd have to pay a lot to fix it. Why? Because it's a shortcut. See, if, we, if, if we don't come back to what real love is, that's what happens. And that's what happened for some of us. Some of us may have been in relationships and we thought it was love, but it wasn't the real thing. See, we've got to understand what is real love. And luckily for us, God gives us the definition. It's found in 1 John. It says this, Dear friends, Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, when we come back to the Bible, we find the definition, and the definition of love, real love, is God. You know, people will tend to fall in love with the idea of love, of love. Many people will be, oh, yeah, I love the concept of love and all that. We'll fall in love with the concept of love, but we won't fall in love with the one who is love. We've got to come back to that. We've got to come back to him. See, God created us with relationship in mind. Yes, with others, but first and foremost with Him. We can't expect to have a great relationship with anybody else by taking a shortcut and not having a relationship with Him first. When I was in high, uh, when I was when I was a baby boy, I remember uh, I remember chasing girls all my life. You know, I, was, I remember being in kindergarten, I'd be like, oh, I have a crush on somebody and, and you know, chasing girls and all that. Elementary, same thing, uh, you know, would have crushes on girls. And then comes junior high. And so I remember being in junior high and asking my mom, hey, mom, can I, can I, be, can I have a girlfriend? And so my mom looks at me, and she goes, son, you're too young to know what love is. I remember uh, seventh grade, uh, buying stuff for the girl I liked for Valentine's Day, asking my mom, hey, mom, is it okay if I have a girlfriend? Because I'm thinking she's going to say yes because I got all all this stuff for her for Valentine's Day. And she told me, son, you're too young to know what love is. Well, I gave it to the girl. Well, before I gave it to the girl, the girl sends me a note saying, if you give me anything for Valentine's Day, I'm never going to talk to you. So I was like, okay, I guess I am too young to know what love is. And then eighth grade came, and and same thing. High school comes. And all my friends are in relationships. All my friends have girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff. And so I'm like, so mom, can, can I have a girlfriend now? I'm mean, like, mom, come on. I'm, like, I'm in high school. And she goes, you know, son, you're too young to know what love is. And I kept asking every time. Every time I liked a different girl, I asked my mom, mom so I can ask about this girl. And she goes, yeah, as friends. That's not what a Mom. She's like, no, you're too young to know what love is. True story. I graduated high school right before Katie. Okay? And I'm like, Mom, okay, I graduated. I'm an adult. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if anything happened, they, they not, if, if I get into trouble, I'm going to have to be responsible for it. So, is it okay if I have a girlfriend? I'm like, okay, my mom's going to say yes. Son, I love you. You're too young to know what love is. And I remember going crazy. I was like, what? I'm an adult. And you know what? You know what I learned? My mom was right. My mom was right. I was too young to know what love was. Because the reality is I didn't know what love was until I met Jesus Christ. Until I met Jesus Christ, I didn't know what love was. In fact, this is what I honestly believe. I, don't, I honestly believe the reason why God said for me and Katie to wait and not get into a romantic relationship was because he was saying to me, I want you to love her the way I want you to love her. And the only way that's going to happen, the only way that's going to happen, the only way you're going to be the man for her is when you let me be in your life and show you what love is. See, we got to come back to what the real definition of love is. For some of us, we'll take the word, we see the word love and it brings up pain, heartache. That's not, what, that's not what God created love to be. See, we can either take that into our relationships or we can come back and see the difference between what the world calls love and what God defines love as. You might be here this morning, and maybe you're finding it a hard time to be in a relationship or trust people because of that. Because of the way the world depicts love, and it's left you broken, maybe built up walls. You know, God saw that, and He had a plan. His name is Jesus. Many of us, we know the scripture, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that scripture and take the word world and remove it and put your name there. For God so loved you, 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 that he gave his one and only son, That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That whoever has a relationship with Jesus Christ will have eternity and will know what real love is all about. So that when you go into your relationships, when you go into your friendships, it's not built, it's not founded on something fake or counterfeit, it's built on the real thing. You might be here this morning and maybe you're in searching for a relationship or you're searching for a friendship. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're hitting rocky roads and the passion has faded away and you're like, what do I do? For all of us, maybe, I believe this, this, for all of us, it's for us to come back to the starting point and coming to have a relationship with the one who is love. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, when it comes to relationships, Lord, you created us with relationships in mind. You created us for the purpose of being with you and with others. Lord, there may be some of us here, Lord, that we've been in relationships and it left us broken. It left us hurt. For some of us, maybe we're in a relationship and, and we don't know where to go. Maybe we're struggling with it. Maybe for some of us, Lord, we're trying to pursue a relationship. But Lord, this morning, as we talk about the road of relationships, would you help us? Would you let us come back to the starting point of having a relationship, not a religion, a relationship with you? So I'm going to ask that uh, everyone here, I'm going, to, I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to ask that you repeat it. Now, I'm going to say the words and you add the heart. Lord Jesus, I surrender all that I am to you. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again to give me a relationship with my Father because you love me. Do you give me eternal life and unconditional love? I receive you. And from this moment, I want to live and I want to love like you. Thank you for being here, for wanting me and loving me. For all my days, I give to you. In your powerful and mighty name now with everybody's eyes closed and head's bowed, I want to just ask for some of you may, you may have said that for the first time and if that is you I'm going to ask that you would just in an act of faith would raise your hand so that I can pray pray for you yes I see you here I see you here I see you in the back yeah. I see you up front here I See. You in the back. see the truth is God wants a relationship with you so that your relationships can be founded in him. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. It's your love that lets us go out and love others. So Lord, help us, continue to help us in our relationship with you and with others. Thank you for allowing us to come back to the starting point. And as we leave, as we get ready to journey out into this world of relationships, let us leave with a brand new heart, filled with your love, filled with your spirit, knowing that you're with us. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray for all these things. In Jesus' name, and everyone would say, amen.